Greetings and congratulations, recluses. If you are seeing this, that means our coronavirus obsoleting vaccinator, or Cove Probe, formerly known by its human name of Dr. Fauci, has returned from the lab with a confirmed antidote of permanent immunity. That's right, it means it's time to go back outside. Now that the Earth has been restored to a life-sustaining status that's only slightly worse than it was before, by golly, we can resume operations. Wait, was that? That's my cue? <clears throat> hey there, hermits. Got some bad news. Um, Operation Containment has, well, uh, f failed. Uh, it's failed. Uh, failure. Uh, wouldn't you know, rising complacency levels have made life unsustainable on Earth for parties comprising two or more people. Darn it all, we're going to have to cancel Operation 2020, so uh, just stay the course. Rather than try and fix this problem, it'll just be easier for everyone to remain inside, unable to vote, until... 2022. Mr. President. Uh, well, I think... Uh, Sir, huh? time to go. Okay, I I'm giving override directive AIDA. Go full Walden Pond or Wisconsin Cabin, if that makes more sense to the use. And do not release Tenet in theaters. I repeat, do not release Tenet. Let's get the heck to my bunker. What am I going to do in there anyway? What new content do we have coming out? I kept at the theater... Ugh. Artemis Fowl. <laughs> you know, I'd actually rather listen to Nightcaps. <laughs> Alright, what are they discussing this time? Wally? Yeah, I could check that out. I, I didn't really get it the first time I watched it. Hey, is this mic still on? Hello and welcome to Nightcaps at the Theater. <laughs> this is uh, this is a uh, this is a traditional episode, I guess. Yeah. This is, this is not an amuse bouche. It is a <laughs> it is an episode wherein we watch a film. Uh, you guys don't know what it is yet because you're illiterate. No, I'm just kidding. They, we, we, the audience knows what it is, but uh, but the people here, to my imaginary left and imaginary right. Do not know what we're in for, so if you, uh, you've come to the right place, if you're looking for hints on what we're going to watch and a uh, discussion on what we watched. Uh, speaking of people on my left uh, and right, who's, who, who are you? Who's on my left right now? Well, I'm totally not stealing four different subscription services from one person in this chat. I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski. <laughs> and on my right... And uh, I'm secretly uh, starting my OnlyFans account, Mark Zebro Jr. Ooh, very nice. And I am Matt, uh, the recent proud owner of a Dia de los Muertos Barbie doll. My first one. Oh. 
it's mm. it's pretty hot. I'm gonna I'm gonna share a picture in the chat real quick because. <laughs> Well, you just used the sentence, this Barbie doll that I bought is pretty hot, so... Wait, hey, you gotta look at it. All right. All right, just sent it. <laughs> and you're gonna be like, damn, that's pretty hot. Yeah, um, right. it's that odd what the quarantine brings out in some of us, isn't it, audience members? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, I actually seen oh, this earlier. yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Hey, yeah. see what I said? Right. See what I meant? I'll take that. And it only cost yeah. me a hundred buckaroos. Yeah, but I, if anything is that I know, the Barbie resale market is uh, where it's at. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping so. Fingers crossed. Let's see. Uh, speaking of Barbie, uh, we have a movie to watch tonight. And, <laughs> what could it mean? <laughs> and the hint that you guys received last time was uh, my go-to lazy hint. It was isolation. The theme is isolation. Wow. Now, I'm sure that uh, that probably was very evocative for you guys. Did oh, you, yeah. I've you, got hundreds of guesses. Did you come up with uh, any any guesses you want to mention today? No. <laughs> yeah, no. All right. Fair, fair enough. Fair Could enough. Could literally be anything. Okay. My next hint. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. You might get it. First hint. I'm going to repeat. Isolation. Next hint. Put on your Sunday clothes. Oh my god, it can't be. Oh, interesting. I know okay. I know what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> I, I think you think you know what it is, but you oh, may not have think you know th- what it is. I no. think you think you think that I don't know what it is because I think I know what it is, but I'm assuredly I know what it is. John, it's not that obvious. I know I, exactly what you're thinking. No, 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 no. I'm you not thinking of that movie you're thinking oh, of. Oh, I think John's right. I think Yes, you're right. I know what this is. Uh, whew, do you do you want to? Should we should we let him guess? What do you think, Mark? Uh, yeah, sure, go ahead. All right. So the hint is from Hello Dolly, but this movie we're watching is not Hello Dolly because that the only thing isolated about it, Hello Dolly, was the lack of an audience attending it in its premiere. Cool. Um, then we've got um, the classic little robot that could, who's obsessed with this movie and this mm. song in general. We're looking at none other than Wally. Ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Oh, <laughs> woohoo! What were you gonna say, Mark? No, I was actually gonna uh, uh, co- um, coincide with with John's guess. You know, I, I I couldn't think of another movie that would parody that. Yeah, well, goddamn, guys, you you got it quick tonight. Woo-hoo! We are watching Wall E. Wall. Oh yeah, expect a lot of that. Eve. No, it's pronounced Eve. <laughs> but yeah, Wally, uh, he can't really talk. So, yeah, damn, I had a few more hints, but uh, the other hints kind of What were stopped. they? Man, what kinda, were they? Um, I'm glad you got it on Joe that Mar- Garto, Mr. Roboto? Is that one of the hints? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, you did not fail my expectations. I, I, I kind of thought one of you might get it from that hint, and I'm glad you did. Uh, the next ones were animated, though you may see one familiar face. Uh, 2008 and my last hint i i don't know i it was kind of weak there's really not much to go on in this movie so i just wrote binoculars question mark but we'll see i'll elaborate in a little bit hmm. so wally apparently uh stylized with an interpunct that's what you call the little the little dot in between the two parts of that name i guess uh ah. Interpunct as wall.e. 
uh, was released in June 2008 as Pixar's overall ninth feature film production. This was directed by Andrew Stanton, who had earlier directed A Bug's Life and Finding Nemo. As depicted in the teaser trailer for WALL-E, which is actually pretty interesting, I, I don't recall watching it ever before today, and it was pretty cool to watch uh, this story. The film came together during a now-legendary 1994 lunch meeting with fellow Pixar writers John Lasseter, Pete Docter, and the late Joe Ranft. At the time, Toy Story was near completion, and at this lunch, the writers brainstormed ideas for their next projects, which would eventually include A Bug's Life, Monsters, Inc., and Finding Nemo. Uh, Stanton reportedly asked, What if mankind had to leave Earth and somebody forgot to turn off the last robot? Having struggled for many years with making the characters in Toy Story appealing, Stanton found his simple Robinson Crusoe-esque idea of a lonely robot on a deserted planet strong. Stanton made Wally a waste collector as the idea was uh, instantly understandable, and because it was a low-status menial job that made him sympathetic. Uh, director Stanton also liked the imagery of stacked cubes of garbage. He did not find the idea dark because having a planet covered in garbage was for him a childish imagination or a childish imagining of disaster. Has he been to Jersey? <laughs> but, uh, you know, despite that, uh, despite the way he looked at it, other people have claimed that this movie brings to mind the old truism that Walt Disney and his companies have scared more people than Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so, speaking of this, uh, this trash planet, uh, Andrew Stanton and Pete Docter actually developed the film under the title of Trash Planet for two months in 1995, which, you know, I could kind of see from a Pixar sense, but I am so glad it did not release under that name. Um, that idea or that development back in the mid 90s kind of stalled and Pete Docter went to work on Monsters, Inc. instead. Stanton started, 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 Stanton started writing Wally again at, uh, in 2002 while completing Finding Nemo. And he formatted his script in a manner reminiscent of Dan O'Bannon's Bannon's Alien. Apparently, or, you know, to Stanton, he says O'Bannon wrote his script in a manner Stanton found reminded him of haiku, where visual depictions were done in continuous lines of a few words. Whatever that means. <laughs> you do you, Pixar creator and drugs. <laughs> in, uh, in late 2003, Stanton and a few others created a story reel of the first 20 minutes of the film. And Lasseter and Steve Jobs were very impressed and officially began development. Although Steve Jobs stated that he did not like the title originally spelled W-A-L-E. Wale. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's like a, that's the name of a famous rapper as well. So I guess it's a good thing they didn't go for that. And uh, yeah, Steve Jobs, he, he, we'll see a bit more of the Apple influence when it comes to this film, which is pretty interesting. Um, Steve Jobs definitely being a, uh, having a huge role in Pixar from, uh, from its formation in like the mid-90s to the mid-2000s around there. Uh, some more background on the film. Each Pixar film in their early lineup seemed to exist in order to push the envelope of a different aspect of computer animation. Some have speculated that A Bug's Life was the environment. Uh, Toy Story 2 was more visible and fully formed humans, which subsequently really came forward with The Incredibles. Uh, Monsters, Inc., of course, was fur animation, and Finding Nemo was underwater physics. Now, with Wally, 
Stanton wanted to do the same for air and space animation as he had just done with water. And additionally, sound also became a huge aspect of this movie. Mm. Speaking of sound, they brought on Ben Burt, a sound designer who popularized the use of the Wilhelm scream as a joke and created many of the iconic sound effects in the Star Wars franchise, including the voice of R2-D2 himself. Hmm. By the time Wally was starting production, Burt had completed Revenge of the Sith and told his wife he would no longer work on films with robots. But then he found <laughs> Wally and its substitution of voices with sound, quote, fresh and exciting. He recorded 2,500 sounds for the film, which was twice the average number for a Star Wars film, and a record in his career. When Andrew Stanton met with Burt to pitch the idea of him working on the film, Stanton told him, I need you to be 80% of my cast. Uh, Ben Burr actually recorded many of the sounds for Wally in a junkyard, and I'll bring up some of the more interesting examples as we go over the plot after the movie. Uh, I just want to mention that the film was critically praised for its animation, story, voice acting, characters, score, and use of minimal dialogue. Uh, Yes. This movie does not need subtitles, but I'm going to request them anyway, (laughs) because I'm a dick. Uh, but no, the subtitles do help. There are like random lines here and there that uh... Wally beeps in response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it was uh, this movie was also commercially successful, f- 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 successful, grossing five hundred thirty-three million dollars worldwide over a one eighty million dollar budget. It won a shit ton of awards and is considered by many fans and critics as the best film of two thousand eight. Notably, uh, what else came out this year? The Dark Knight and mm. Iron Man and I don't know what else, but it was it was kind of a stacked year, and this managed to stand out. Uh, the film actually came at the top of Time's list of the best movies of the decade and came in 29th place in a list of the best films of the 21st century voted on by over 100 critics from around the world. The first Pixar film to be nominated for six Academy Awards uh, Wally ties this honor with the only other animated film to garner this many nominations, 1991's Beauty and the Beast. Ah. So that's all I have to say before we watch the movie. Uh, what are you guys... I know you guys have seen this before, I'm assuming. Yes. You must have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> um, I I don't think... I don't know. I never rewatch movies, so I, I think the time... The last time I had watched it before this past week was probably 2008 when it came out. And, <laughs> well, it was a joy to watch. I, I think I'm confident, I'm comfortable calling it my favorite Pixar movie. So, oh, I praise. Yeah, so uh, what, what are your guys' thoughts and expectations going into this? Um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I had the opportunity to not see this in theaters. I wanted to go <laughs> as a group. With some friends, and yet again, my uh, cinema tastes were shot down. For Cars 2? <laughs> no, I saw Cars 2 for free, and free was too much for that movie. I can't, or what I the can't other stand one? Cars 2. What was the one you uh, <laughs> wanted to watch but missed? I wanted to see Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, we yeah. had to go see Pitch Perfect. <laughs> whatever one that was. Two or three. That was out at the time. But, of course. Uh, um, I did manage to snag this. This was my first ever Blu-ray that I got. Ooh. Uh, so that that's a momentous thing. That might have fueled the addiction in some way. <laughs> um, I remember really liking this Pixar movie because of the lack of dialogue. And um, I'm one of the few that stand that Hello, Dolly movie. So that reference was for me and me alone. Because nice. I understood that watching it. And I was just like, 
no one else is going to get this but me. So, yeah, there's that. And I, I don't know. It's a charming little movie. It's got great characters. Um, I would say in the time of quarantine, it's a bit of a chilling tale now. <laughs> oh, I, I, this was actually my palate cleanser pick because the next movie I think <laughs> will be a little bit more chilling, but it's not available now until Peacock la- launches. So I had to uh, fall back on this one. This was yeah supposed to be a palate cleanser. It's supposed to be a feel good. <laughs> but I could see your interpretation, of course. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling that the human race is going to lose their loss of their limbs soon, and then we're going to evolve to to need floating chairs everywhere. Oh, I, I wish. Ideal. Mm-hmm. That's utopia, mm-hmm. baby. And what about you, Mark? Uh, yeah, I think I remember seeing it maybe sometime after it came on, might have aired on HBO for the first time. Uh, yeah, I missed. I I think I missed it in theaters. Um. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a very cute movie. Uh, I, I, I love the, um, how like halfway through there's little to no dialogue being uttered. Um, I really love Wally as a character too. And his kind of like <laughs> his journey, uh, uh, throughout the film, I kind of found it sad at times though, almost like uh, almost even up till the very end. And it's, mm-hmm. I can't really explain why maybe it's just like, the ringer that he's put through or like where humanity ends up uh, in the, in the far future as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, but like it even be, but it's also like, you know, a very hopeful film, especially at the end of the movie. And that, that coincides with the credits. And like, you know, when you see like everyone else, how like humanity starts like kind of evolving opposed to de-evolving <laughs> um, when they, when they uh, return to earth. So uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, it, I think it, it's kind of there in my top three like Pixar films. I want to yes. say it's yeah. uh, it's definitely there, and I also love robots too, and uh, <laughs> it, just like the future the future aesthetic of it too, and like the whole like junkyard like um, look how how Earth is, and also Fred Willard's there. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, and, uh, and and that's always a plus for me, especially after his passing. We already talked about that on, the, on our last Amuse Bouche with mm-hmm. uh, Space Force, but uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure to see that comedic uh, man. And but yeah, I, I I really do love this film. Awesome, sounds good. Well, I, I hope it holds up to your guys' uh, uh, nostalgic memory memories of it, and. Uh, mm. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to watch this because it's on Disney Plus, so this is going to be a new one for us. Let's pray nothing goes wrong. Well, yeah, yeah, we can, we'll figure it out. If, yeah. if, if something goes disastrously wrong, I'm sure 700 years from now, uh, they'll figure it out. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. just like I always say when I demand Matt to legalize it, give me that plant! <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, nice. a, that's a quote from the movie, yeah, so <laughs> I, I try my best. Yeah, keeping it. We're keeping it G-rated this time. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> All right. We'll see you after the movie. All right, we just watched Wally from uh, 2008. And presto. Oh, yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> to recreate the theatrical experience, we did watch the, the Pixar short Presto right before it. Yep. Uh, and that one, that, one, that one was okay. I don't yeah, know. I don't have cute. notes on that one. Yeah, that's yeah, good enough. Yeah, it's about a bunny <laughs> and this uh, slave driver is trying to work him without feeding him. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. 
Yeah, gets his comeuppance in the end. <laughs> exactly. But then they, they get along. Well, I want to ask the thing. rabbit if uh, if it was worth it, you know, get him one carrot <laughs> to go back yeah. to being in the cage. Sold out his principles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think this was our I think this was our first Pixar movie that we've done on the podcast. Yeah, I think I believe so. I believe mm-hmm. it was. It took took quite a while, yeah. but uh, we got there. So I got some notes before we get into plot. Uh, mm-hmm. I got quite a few notes, so so get ready. All right. Uh, this movie was nominated for several awards at the 2009 Annie Awards, including Best Feature Film, Animated Effects, Character Animation, Direction, Production Design, Storyboarding, and Voice Acting, but was beaten out by... What do you think? Any guesses? Any guesses as to what movie might have beaten this at the Annie Awards? It's another animation? animated movie? Okay. Mm-hmm. What did Disney put out that year? Princess and the Frog? Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, Maybe Bolt. That was that year. <laughs> oh, ooh. no! Bolt was before this, I think. Possibly. Well, the movie that beat it, beat Wally in every single category, was Kung Fu Panda. Oh, oh that makes sense. Yeah, that's not bad, but I mean, I would prefer Wally. I I agree. Uh, I, I prefer- you know. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say I prefer Wally uh, over Kung Fu Panda, uh, like like where that movie only I would make sense where just because of spectacle alone and Wally, you think you're just gonna get like well basically what we got you know in terms of like you know low low uh, voice acting and like less of less action I would imagine yeah yeah it's more of a think yeah, piece probably. Wally. <laughs> Definitely. That is just still surprising to me. In every single category, Kung Fu Panda beat it out. I mean, it's a good movie, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't stick with me. <laughs> yeah. Who was plied with some dumplings at that award ceremony? I want to know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, some, some comeuppance here in Sight and Sound Magazine's 2012 poll of the greatest films of all time. Wally is the second highest ranking animated film behind My Neighbor Totoro while tying with the film Spirited Away at 202nd overall. Hmm. Uh, So this movie tackles themes of uh, environment, waste, and nostalgia, along with technology and religion. I don't know about religion, but Wikipedia had a (laughs) section for it, so I I went with it. There's like one thing about religion here. Maybe two. Wally is a Catholic. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so Wally, if you guys didn't catch it, it's uh, very briefly kind of shown on screen. Stands for Waste Allocation Load Lifter Earth Class, mm. or Wall-E, which is in turn a subtle reference to Walter Elias Disney. I assume that's uh, Walt Disney's full name. I didn't actually research that, like I should. Yeah, I didn't know that was his middle name. I knew it was Walt E. Disney, but not. Elias. Uh, yeah, there you go. Walter e- Elias Elias. I, I guess Elias. That's my uh it's my grandmother's maternal name too. Hmm. Maybe uh maybe they're related. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Disney. Maybe not. <laughs> he didn't seem so like maybe... a mixer to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh so the director, Andrew Stanton, wanted Wally to be a box. Uh, his eyes were inspired by a pair of binoculars that the director was given when watching a baseball game. He, quote, missed the entire inning because he was distracted by them. And 
looking at their movements. Wally himself has been compared to Prometheus, Sisyphus, <laughs> yes. and, and Butades. Butades? One of yeah, those. Butades. I, I, these comparisons are kind of weak. I mean, Sisyphus definitely. Butides, yeah. I think, is just because uh, he he made he sculpted like that garbage model of Eve, and I mm-hmm. think Butides had done that at some point, and yeah. that was like kind of the beginning of art or something. Yeah. Isn't that the Pygmalion story? Isn't that the dude from Pygmalion? I have no clue. <laughs> Never mind. I know Pygmalion <laughs> as my fair lady. Yes. So, uh, and then we got our next main character, our next lead, Eve, which stands for Extraterrestrial Vegetation Evaluator. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Eve, which is in turn a reference to the biblical figure, because Wally's loneliness reminded the director of Adam before God created his wife. <laughs> so, uh, Eve is supposed to be like an egg. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the director wanted her to be at the higher end of technology and actually asked iPod designer Joni Ive, who was, has like played a huge role in Apple uh, for many people's uh, sh- chagrin. chagrin. <laughs> he, uh, they do not like uh, some of the changes he's been making over there in recent years, including mm. uh, fucking up the MacBook keyboards. But yeah. anyway... Uh, he's, he, he's important. He's he's good and bad. But uh, so he's he's a very well respected uh, person in the tech community and design community, I guess. And uh, after being shown Eve's design, he came away very impressed. Uh, during the writing of the movie, a Pixar employee noted to Jim Reardon, who I believe is a writer, that or maybe the production designer, uh, that Eve was reminiscent of the dove with the olive branch from the story of Noah's Ark. And the story was reworked with Eve finding a plant to return humanity from its voyage. I'll get into some other, uh, some alternate versions of the plot that almost came to fruition, but thankfully did not. Hmm. Um, But before that, I'll mention that to animate their robots, the film story crew and animation crew watched a Keaton, uh, that's Buster Keaton, and a Charlie Chaplin film every day for almost a year. Afterwards, the filmmakers knew all emotions could be conveyed silently. They also watched 2001, A Space Odyssey, The Black Stallion, and Never Cry Wolf, films that had sound but were not reliant on dialogue. Stanton acknowledged silent running as an influence because its silent robots were a forerunner to the likes of R2-D2, and also said that the hopeless romantic Woody Allen also inspired Wally. Uh, but hopefully not the daughter fucking. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not that aspect of it. No. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see in the sequel. Yeah. Uh, another character is Wally's cockroach friend named Hal. Oh, and, I thought uh, he, guys... I just called him Rochi. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what that is a reference to. Well, I... gee, what could it be? <laughs> well, if you guessed that it was an homage. <laughs> to silent film producer Hal Roach. You were correct. Oh, I thought it was wow. another, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey. Right yeah, there, I thought it was going to be Hal 9000. Yeah, Fuja. But it is, also, <laughs> it is also a reference to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also have uh, the, the mention of the classic Pixar A113 Easter egg uh, that in terms of the plot when it comes here, usually in uh, Pixar films, A113 is literally just an Easter egg that has no bearing on the plot. It's pr- it's just like a license plate or just kind of shown somewhere. 
this is the first Pixar film in which that kind of phrase is relevant to the plot. When, uh, when how, no, not how, auto <laughs> mutinies, um, because of order a one thirteen, mm-hmm. And, uh, that is a reference to the first year graphic design studio, uh, that classroom at California Institute of the Arts, a.k.a. CalArts, attended by creators such as John Lasseter, um, Brad Bird, also of Pixar, uh, Tim Burton, and Michael Peraza. Mm. So that is in, I think it's in every Pixar movie somewhere. Mm-hmm. But here is, uh, it's probably most obvious. Next we got Sigourney Weaver, as <laughs> the voice of the Axioms computer. They keep bringing her back to do uh, mechanical voices. <laughs> yes. That is true. Uh, Stanton joked about the role with Weaver, saying, you realize you get to be mother now. (laughs) Referring, of course, to Alien. Uh, Past watch on the show. (laughs) Mother! (laughs) Future watch on the show. (laughs) You bitch! Where was was Wally going? (laughs) You bitch! (laughs) I shut down the crewing unit! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we got Fred Willard's character, the late, great Fred Willard. Uh, President is, Shelby. Yes. <laughs> that was the the familiar face that you uh, may be able to have recognized from my hints at the beginning. Uh, he plays uh, President Shelby forthright. And this is the first and so far only live action character with a speaking role in any Pixar film. Hmm. So that is pretty... Uh, impressive and unique uh the crew of this film believed that if the historical humans had been animated and slightly caricatured then the audience would not have been able to recognize how serious their uh devolution was Mm -hmm. stanton cast fred willard as the historical by and large ceo because quote he's the most friendly and insincere car salesman i could think of (laughs) i think it uh it worked out uh, next, we have production designer. I forgot his first name, but his last name is Eggleston, who uh, tried to avoid the colors yellow and green so that Wally, who was made yellow to emulate a tractor, interestingly, would not blend into the deserted earth and to make the plant more prominent. Uh, director Stanton also wanted the lighting to look realistic and evoke the science fiction films of his youth, so while rewatching some of his favorite science fiction films, he realized that Pixar's other movies had lacked the look of 70mm film and its barrel distortion, lens flare, and racking focus. Racking? Is that tracking? I don't know. Something focus. <laughs> Only rack I gotta worry about is my own. <laughs> uh, Wally has been called the first computer animated film to successfully mimic live action cinematography from mm-hmm. camera placement to the real world properties of different focal lengths. And so we'll see that in like a. A lot of scenes throughout the movie, there was like differences in the shift, uh, sorry, shifting in the focus of the frame, uh, shifting from like the background to the foreground or vice versa, and some uh, kind of like steady cam movements. Uh, I know Mark pointed it out when when Wally was struck by all the shopping carts, there was like a little zoom and pan. Yeah, there's like a J.J. Abrams like kind of snap zoom that he usually uses, and uh, I thought it was pretty comical. That's pretty... uh... That's very uncommon when it comes to Pixar movies and I think animated movies in general. So they were definitely experimenting with that here. Mm-hmm. And now to the... Uh, actually, I'll bring that up a little bit later. First, uh, I did want to mention the film was denied a theatrical release in China. Not sure yeah. why. 
just one. Why now? Because <laughs> of the musical numbers? Yeah, could be. Yeah. And holding. Hello Dolly does promote communism, so you think. Uh, it's yeah. the most commu- communistic musical. She comes out in red. She speaks for the people. There you go. <laughs> you think they would love it. <laughs> in, uh, in 2016, Jim Morris... Uh, I don't. I assume that's somebody at Pixar. Noted <laughs> Not that. Not Jim <laughs> No. I was say, oh, the doors had some party. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, said that the studio has no plans for a sequel as they consider Wally a finished story with yeah. no need for continuation. Mm. Oh, and I meant to bring this up a little bit earlier. Uh, this movie was the most complex Pixar production since Monst- Monsters Inc., uh, which was seven years earlier because of the world and the history that had to be conveyed. Whereas most Pixar films have up to 75,000 storyboards, Wally required 125,000. Damn. So almost, uh, yeah, almost like twice as much. Um, Eggleston, that production designer, wanted the lighting of the first act on Earth to be romantic and that of the second act on the an- axiom to be cold and sterile. During the third act, the romantic lighting is slowly introduced into the axiom environment. Pixar studied Chernobyl and the city of Sofia to create the ruined world. Um, art director Anthony Kristoff was from Bulgaria and recalled Sofia used to have problems storing its garbage. So that's uh, interesting. And uh, Axiom, that kind of uh, utopian spaceship world that the movie spends a lot of its time in, uh, is kind of a reference to how in the fields of logic and math, an axiom is something that is taken for granted, which wow. is, uh, yeah, kind of serves thematically. Uh, and finally, just kind of bringing, bringing around, bringing home the, the theme of the film, according to the director, uh, Stanton describes the theme as, quote, irrational love defeats life's programming. Uh, He went on to elaborate that uh, I realized the point I was trying to push with these two programmed robots was the desire for them to try and figure out what the point of living was. It took these really irrational acts of love to sort of discover them against how they were built. I realized that that's a perfect metaphor for real life. We all fall into our habits, our routines, and our ruts, consciously or unconsciously, to avoid living. To... Avoid having to do the messy part to avoid having relationships with other people or dealing with the person next to us. That's what we can all get, or that's why we can all get on our cell phones and not have to deal with one another. I thought that's a perfect amplification of the whole point of the movie. I wanted to run with science in a way that would sort of logically project that. Anyone else crying in the club right now? <laughs> After that quote? <laughs> that was kind of real. <laughs> I don't want to. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, and that's uh, that's it. That's all I got on backstory. So I think we can all move right. into kind of the bare bones plot. <laughs> yeah, this is the least amount of notes and avid note taker I am that I've ever taken for a movie on this podcast, which will probably be a good thing because we'll get a normal running time out of this. Hey. Um, so Wally begins, and I should have known that Matt would pick this movie because all of like the 2001 Space Odyssey references in this film it starts void of space. It is <laughs> just true. Music. I'm a sucker for them. Yeah. And the visuals I know you, here. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the visuals here. Man. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing that struck me is, you know, young Jonathan, obviously, put on your Sunday clothes, a bop. <laughs> a bop to end all bops. 
But I would realize that most of the people who are hearing this would be like, what the hell am I watching now? This musical that I don't want to <laughs> have to deal with. So it's an odd song choice. And I would have to say, like, this is Wally's heaven, but it could be other people's hell. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, You're just I, stuck I, on a deserted island with Hello, Dolly. on repeat. <laughs> I still have no clue what Hello, Dolly is, uh, whether, <laughs> whether it was this viewing or a previous viewing when I first watched it. And I, I think the movie was still it still worked fine on its own. Um, it would it yeah, would be I, like the equivalent if Cats was playing twenty four seven for me. Oh, well that, yeah, <laughs> okay, that's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it does add some kind of flavor for me. Like once, like the the movie kicks off and you, you just hear oh, that, yeah, and, yeah. and you're in like the 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 brim of space and then like you're just seeing these little flashes of the planets it, as soon as it zooms in on earth and mm-hmm. i don't know it, it really it really like kind of captivates me somehow just yeah, adding that number in yes nice. yeah i think it works really well in this context mm-hmm. we get uh the planet that could this be earth <laughs> i guess um i mentioned that this little robot you know he's trucking around we see these cityscapes and they're actually built of trash some building structures and I did reply that at least Brooklyn looks the same mm-hmm. <laughs> while we're watching. Um, a little oh, joke yeah. of mine. And I did, uh, Mark, you brought something up about the title that I thought was interesting. Yeah. And oh. want to describe that? Well, yeah. So um, as we like start like zooming in on, on Wally, he's doing like his like daily routine, just like sucking up trash and spitting it out uh it it zooms in on like his like his, you know his stomach which shows his logo wally and i was like oh that's 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 pretty clever like a way of like showing the opening title of the movie but then it zooms out and then like it, as he's like uh, going down his pillar of trash that he just made and then and then the and then the title like goes up like oh no like that's i thought that was the wrong way of going about that like people would have got that and i thought that would have sit a lot more nicer if you just kind of like had the title right there as if like you know you know yeah. it, you didn't have to like really shove it so much in your face like that again you know yeah might have been like an executive decision or something it feels, I, I, feels like it I, was added afterwards i really like that subtlety and i kind of wish they kind of went went back on that but i see what you're saying i'm the same yeah. i'll have to bring this up in the pizza ratings <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean pe- people know what movie they're watching we don't really yeah. need title cards. Not yeah. dumb children, though. <laughs> they wouldn't know. Wait, what movie are we watching again? Seed <laughs> um, of Chucky? <laughs> nah, that's next door. <laughs> You're watching Wally the Robot. Well, I, I guess title cards do help when uh, the theater messes up and accidentally pr- plays the wrong movie in your auditorium. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did like that Wally's job is literally just to shit bricks all day. That, oh, that's yeah. all he does. And he seems to enjoy it. He's a very personal robot. I also enjoy that this film doesn't give us really any dialogue until like 39 minutes in, which is cray cray. Oh, yeah. Um, but I enjoy it. I like a good silent voyage. I like to to show, not tell. Good storytelling. Yeah, this movie does a lot of showing. Yep. Our big corporation in question is Buy and Large, where their slogan is Buy, Shop, Live. <laughs> um, we see... World building through scattered papers on the ground, faded billboards and cars, etc. Um, the president Shelby on the paper is like, I guess we're going to move planets. And I was like, that paper lasted for 700 years. <laughs> that is true. I don't think that unless that paper was laminated. <laughs> I mean, does paper really expire? Yes. <laughs> does it? Yeah, yes. I think it uh, it degrades. Yeah. <laughs> For 700 years? I mean, we don't even know, like, when they all officially left. 
you know <laughs> i mean they, like they, they you saw like the you know like the big ships leaving but they didn't say like oh like we were we're all leaving because the yeah. president like we see later on it's like oh like he's still on the planet he's got his gas mask on so yeah. maybe there's a few uh mole people left that we didn't see <laughs> could maybe. be and um, i mean if you think about it you know walking around present day we don't see papers from 700 years ago (laughs) (laughs) just chilling out on the street and that paper was like exposed to the elements (laughs) (laughs) it it was probably plastic yeah it's a movie about talking robots (laughs) yeah oh whatever (laughs) um i do like that wally is very resourceful um when he's out of parts he basically snatches them off (laughs) Faded, failed Wally model robots or whatever he can get his hands on. Yeah, his fallen brethren. Yeah. And he hasn't done anything to kind of revive them at all. And, nope. that, and, and he's just kind of having day nightmares where it's like, I could have saved them. I could have <laughs> saved them all. My people. <laughs> he does make a friend with Rochi or Hal the Roach. <laughs> And for a roach, pretty cool side character. I like this roach. He doesn't talk. He's not bothering me. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably going to bring this up several times, but for me, Pixar they they definitely follow a formula where they like introduce small side characters, and and for me, I think they talk too much or they're kind of they they take too much away from the the movie. And yep. uh, this is one instance where I think it's done pretty pretty well. I'm looking at you, hey, hey, in Moana. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm done with horses acting like dogs in my my animated movies. <laughs> but that's been like a tradition forever. Though. They always act like dogs. I, 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 I'll, I'll take a cockroach with personality over uh, <laughs> uh, a, a horse. Horses <laughs> should act like horses. <laughs> um, Wally returns home to his spacious pad. Very cool. Very hipster. Probably. <laughs> You know, how much would we live, be charged to live in <laughs> that Oof. nowadays, right? Millions uh, of dollars, you think? Studio apartment? Oof. Yeah. In 2080 to 2815? Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's just a storage device. You know, I, his real pad is uh, one of those uh, those garbage those garbage things that he's been putting together. You now mm-hmm. he's just been saving up. Like, well, he, we see him make like a stadium of garbage <laughs> oh, yeah. later on. I think it's a little bit after this. Oh yeah, he's like, spelling oh. out "help me." <laughs> he's working Asshole on his, ass. He's working on his Minecraft dungeon. Yep, yeah. <laughs> with these cube. Um, before that, though, we get more visual storytelling when he like crosses through this pavilion, and we get introduced to the president at that time, and he's suggesting that they board the Axiom spaceship, where everything will be provided for them until they get back to Earth. I want to know what happened to the people that couldn't make it on the Axiom. Oh, yeah. I assume they pulled the Simpsons and they just sent one, you know, the Axiom into space and then the other one directly into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's got Rosie O'Donnell here and, like, uh, all these all these other failed comedians. <laughs> oh, God, we're on the wrong plane! <laughs> Quick, hit the eject button. Uh, you get to choose one parent, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and they all went back to their home planet. <laughs> the sun. Oh, um... Wally is addicted to Hello Dolly, the Barbra Streisand version, um, and he hooks up an iPod to a VCR to a TV screen. Yeah, anything can happen with. in the future. Yeah, 
Uh, he's also a he, robot. Yeah, he's good at uh, electronics. <laughs> he figured it he's out. Made him. <laughs> and um, so for, and the, he is, for this shot yeah. of uh, Hello Dolly, some trivia. Uh, they mm. actually, the production had to cheat on this shot because in the original film, there is no close-up of this hand-holding. So Pixar was there permitted. Yeah. yeah, they were permitted to take the original film element and go in a little tighter on it. Yeah, if it makes you feel better, no one was using the Hello Dolly <laughs> movie for anything. Yes. Oh, I, I do have another note about that. Additionally, uh, da, ba, ba. Who, who, who was the person who made that? That Oh, that who soundtrack? was the person who made Who? Uh, Jerry Herman? Uh, he took the score. Uh, let's see. Okay, yeah. Oh, you were correct. Yeah. Damn, that's a good. It's uh, almost like I majored in theater. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, so hello, uh, hello, Dolly. Uh, let me backtrack a little bit. The director uh, Stanton here actually originally wanted to juxtapose the juxtapose the opening shots of space with 1930s French swing music, and, and not uh, put on your Sunday clothes. Mm-hmm. But he saw the triplets of Belleville from 2003. Ooh. And did not want to appear as if he were copying it. So he uh, then started to think about Hello Dolly since he had portrayed the sidekick Barnaby Tucker in a 1980 high school production of it. Uh, Stanton <laughs> found that the song was about two naive young men looking for love, which was similar to Wally's own hope for companionship. Uh, the composer, Jerry Herman, uh, composer of Hello Dolly, allowed the songs to be used without knowing what for. When he saw the film, he found its incorporation into the story, quote, genius. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Got, got um, his blessing. I, I do kind of like how he just, he really didn't care. He's like, please just buy the rights. I don't give a <laughs> shit what you do with them. I think that movie too, Hello Dolly. I mean, I hate to put another tension on Hello Dolly. It's probably the last time it'll come up on this podcast right now. But that movie was uh, like toured and meant to do super well. Like the the production was uh, predicting that I was going to make millions and millions more. And then it bombed. Like it bombed mm-hmm. all bombs and it like ended the Hollywood musical for a time. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's that bad though. Like it's okay. It's just, I like it. Yeah. I like Barbara Streisand in the role, but. I think maybe they were just sick of musicals at that point. Yeah, I think so too. I think they went out of fashion. Thank God La La Land came along. <laughs> <laughs> <Brought it> back. <laughs> um, it only takes a moment. We see that Rochi is with Wally and he's kind of assuming the pet role. Wally's going outside. There is a trash storm. And Wally is just very cute as he prepares to bed and goes about his business. Very, very adorable. Yeah, yeah. I, you you really feel a lot for him. You feel sympathetic yeah. for him just from uh, these scenes in which he doesn't even speak or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he also we learned that he charges by sunlight, so he's solar powered. That's how he runs, and he is a junk scavenger when he's not building buildings out of shit bricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like an ice cube. Um, uh, lunchbox container that he Aww. just carries around on, on his back. Yeah. He's a Wally hoarder, finds a bra. Yeah. <laughs> as Mark said. Finds a bra, puts it on, saves it for later. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day, little Wally is uh, torn around his uh, his uh, his space, his land, all that the light touches, and etc. <laughs> and he sees a red dot, and 
as Matt described, very cat-like. He's chasing that red dot. I think Wally's just a big cat. Big cat that that went wrong somewhere in, in the evolution chain. Possessed by a by a cat, maybe inspiration. Um, this rocket lands, and we meet Eva. <laughs> it's Eve. <laughs> and I don't want to gender this robot, but she, as she's more feminine, and we did mention, like, thank God this robot's straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you want gay thing. robots in our Disney movies <laughs> you know, the last thing Hollywood needs is a gay robot <laughs> you know this is why representation matters I think if Hello Dolly had been about gay folks may- maybe <laughs> Wally would have come out of it a little differently yeah I'm not <laughs> saying it's a for Mo instead. I'm not saying it's a choice but I'm saying they're robots and I, uh, introducing Eve, part of my French, I said, this robot looks like she fucks. <laughs> that is true. She is a yeah. uh, sleek. She's sleek. She's curvaceous. She's got, she's got a gun. She ain't to use <laughs> that it. robot, that robot don't got no tits. <laughs> um, I think she's just flat chested. Yeah. And none wrong with some that. silicone in them. She's got <laughs> other curves and swerves. <laughs> Wally seems to like her. He takes a takes a, a liking to her. Maybe they maybe Wally just hasn't discovered them yet. Because yeah. you know, like when Eve is in her pod form, her her arms are kind of they they fold inwards and she mm-hmm. they become very you know flat against her surface. Uh, maybe he, the boots are the same way. He, <laughs> Eve's not wearing a push up bra. <laughs> That's why Wally got one. Yeah, borrow that later. Look what I picked up for you. I'm sure there's fan art online with oh, no. <laughs> horrible, oh, yeah. horrible fan art online. <laughs> and you're sure because you've seen it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I drew it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so Eve is searching. She's scanning the the planet's surface for something, and Wally is trying to uh, awkwardly approach her. Set to Louis Armstrong's rendition of um, La Vie en Rose. Mm-hmm. So another connection there, and I guess that's where the French swing thing kind of came in. It's like that's romantic too. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's very few songs in this movie, so that's interesting. Yeah, it's mostly scoring. Yeah, um, we see the Pizza Planet truck, <laughs> um, and so that indicates that this does take place in a post-apocalyptic Toy Story, you know, yeah. Pixar universe. Yeah. Some people All were the... thinking this might be the first movie of the universe and everything else comes later. But <laughs> Damn, uh, that, none, that would not none, be the case. None of these toys want to interact with the, with Wally. That, that's pretty depressing. Because <laughs> they're all they, dead. Yeah, they lost their life force. <laughs> <laughs> and then the cars will take over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, the cars. Well, I I brought this up earlier. Where it's like, man, like the mon- the monsters uh, incorporated uh, are out of a out of a job now like no one yeah. lives on earth anymore no one's coming out of those doors they're, they're not going to find any kids <laughs> yeah maybe they adapt <laughs> they start making each other laugh and scream <laughs> realize oh, no. that works just as good then classist issues start to rear their head <laughs> they have to rely on fossil fuels now <laughs> <laughs> um uh, all through the film, Eve is going on about directive, directive, directive. <laughs> Direct and, this! Yeah. <laughs> Using sight clues after she sets a, a few oil tankers on fire and watches them burn. 
Mm-hmm. We realize that her directive is to find some plant life, and wouldn't fortune have it that Wally found a plant a few days earlier before Eve showed up on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, using the excuse of a sandstorm, Wally brings Eve back to his little home, little little abode going on there. Oh yeah, <laughs> and putting the moves if, on Eve. If the shrapnel is a rockin', don't come a knockin'. <laughs> <laughs> Tries to put on a little dance for her and <laughs> show him all his uh, all his objects that he's got. Yeah. Uh, a, a ladle. He, he's a very sex toy. He's very he's very proud of all of them. Like, turn it on, it vibrates. <laughs> I do like how Eve laughs at him. Like it's a cute laugh, it's not a degrading laugh, it's very adorable. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and the mannerisms between these two, like she she gets presented to her like a whisk. And she whisks so hard that it falls out, and then she like awkwardly puts it to the side, and then folds her hands. So yeah. Yeah, you know, it's I like what they're doing with just the visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's what this movie, this movie's bread and butter. Um, but uh, Wally presents Eve with the plant. She uh, somehow accepts it into her, and then goes into hibernation mode <laughs> to save <Yeah>. battery life. <laughs> yeah. Well, she first like sees uh, the Hello Dolly tape too. Oh yes, and, yes. She, and, and so kind of like sowing the seeds there for later on with the hand yeah. holding sets the mood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wally, being obsessed with Eve, not obsessed to loving nature, he, he's not an awkward uh, robot. He's very kind and yeah, cares he, for her. It could be awkward sometimes. Yeah, but it's awkward in a sweet way, not awkward in a don't touch me kind of. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. When uh, when Eve kind of unwound his his little tape there of Hello Dolly, oh, and he yeah. gets like very uh, worried. Don't touch him! <laughs> it's a collector's item. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are the kind of vibes I got. It's like when you're really nerdy, you bring this girl over, you try to impress her, except like you're really offended by everything that she's touching in her room. <laughs> yeah. He's voiced by Rick Moranis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Don't touch it. <laughs> Sounds like Woody Allen. But, eh. I was like, oh, Rick Moranis is Jewish? <laughs> no. Well, I just did Isn't watch he? Little Shop. Well, yeah, he is. I think so. But I, I just know. watched Little He's... Shop, and that's the voice he does. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wally is taking Eve everywhere, and we see that he's keeping her safe, trying to give her some sunlight. And one yes. day, I, I think he, he's he brings her out into the sun because you know he thinks that's how he recharges when he's like running low. So I think uh, he believes yeah. she'll kind of charge in the same way, but yeah. she doesn't. Yep. And one piece of trivia here: um, the papa, I swear, it was here a minute ago. Okay. <laughs> um, so originally they were using a song for the sequence in which Wally attempts to wake Eve up through various means. Um, originally the montage was going to play with the instrumental version of raindrops keep falling on my head, Aww. but, uh, but the composer wanted to challenge himself and scored an original piece for the sequence. Yeah. Uh, I think it was better off. Um, I don't know. I can't, I, I like what we got. I don't know if raindrops keep falling on my head would have worked. It's a little too I, silly. Yeah. It would have been too obvious. It would have made me think of Spider-Man too. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of with that song. <laughs> Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, but good choice. And Wally, you know, he gives a, a a backwards glance at Eve as he goes off into the world to work once more. And wouldn't fortune have it, the day he goes back to work, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
the rocket ship descends, picks Eve up, and there's a mad dash back to get on this rocket as it blasts off into space. He tells Rochi to stay behind, and Rochi, being the stalwart friend that we are introduced to, remains loyal. Mm-hmm. He goes, farewell, sweet prince. <laughs> Ro- Rochi's not clamoring for more screen time. He's happy with what he gets. Yeah. Wally goes, don't touch my things. <laughs> well, you know if Rochi would have went into space, he would have appeared to die and then come back to life yet again. Yeah. <laughs> but that joke of the roaches surviving everything is, yeah, it's witty. Yeah, mm-hmm. the roaches yeah. and the, the Twinkies. You know, oh yeah, known yeah. Here the creamies. As, yeah, the BNL creamies. <laughs> All the creamies. Is that the new award show? <laughs> <laughs> That's the nightcaps uh, after dark segment. <laughs> the creamies. Welcome to the creamies. Uh, hosted meet, by Ron Jeremy. Meet the creamies. <laughs> meet the creamies. Uh, I don't think I would eat anything called the starring <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Uh, uh. Woody Allen. <laughs> Harvey Bri- Weinstein, <laughs> Brian and Singer, and don't forget Bill Cosby. Oh, the list goes on. <laughs> uh, we'll oh, be here all man. night. Yeah, that's a long award show. Talk about the Oscars. <laughs> that one probably goes on for twelve hours. <laughs> oh, that one guys. goes on for uh, twenty-five to life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> woo. <laughs> Uh, Wally is holding onto this rocket ship and manages to break through the atmosphere, all while uh, looking at the through the window at Eve, who's inside sleeping or in hibernation mode. I think that the pressure of space would have instantly killed Wally, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> hey, a lot can change in seven hundred years. <laughs> yeah. The pressure head... in the universe went down. It's okay. <laughs> Wally's head and starts to inflate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then end of the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, we, then... we get a we get a cute sequence of like oh, yeah, them yeah. sailing the stars, mm-hmm. and this feels very How to Train Your Dragon esque to me. Like I, I I don't think that movie would have uh, had that memorable iconic sequence the way that it did were it not for Wally. Mm-hmm. Was this oh. the Fly Me to the Moon instrumental, or was that later? Hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember the, that. Yeah, fly there me was, to the moon. yeah, there was a "Fly Me to the Moon" instrumental. I think this one was more orchestral. I want to say. Mm. Okay. It kind it kind of reminded me of uh, if you guys remember like the Donner Superman movie where like he he's flying Lois Lane and like she just goes, "Can you can you read my mind or can you?" <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know. It, it, it was it was cute. I I, I, I dug it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, we are then transported to the Axiom, where Eve is unloaded and presumably on her way to the captain. And we meet a few other robots. There's like some security drones, and then we get the standout character, the breakout character of the movie, Mo. <laughs> Mo. <laughs> Modus operandi. My most uh, relatable in terms of work environment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Could you relate? Is that how your job is? I suppose so. I'm a, I'm a neat freak, and I have to pick up off, pick up after everyone else. Are you allowed to step on the line? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> well, good. Mo isn't either. He's a stickler for the rules. Should have been fired. <laughs> Should have been fired. <laughs> it, into space. <laughs> 
Uh, Moe's job is to clean, and he's always obsessed with foreign contaminants. So mm-hmm. he sees that Eve is covered some, brushes them off, sees that Wally is 100% covered in foreign contaminants. Wow, 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 wow. And I like this teasing between the two because Wally puts like his tread on the ground. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And a little, little like, banter. Yeah, it's like a bit of fuck the police. Yep. <laughs> Um, and the emotions that they give to these robots are very, very evident. They're the, the standouts of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, Eve is being taken away, so Wally pursues, and we see that in the Axiom, there's all these traffic lanes of robots going about their business. We get introduced to the humans on the Axiom, who are Ooh. just big babies. <laughs> well, actually, wow, it's funny you say that, because uh, I have some trivia here. Oh, Let's see. Where did I put it? <laughs> The trivia drum, the trivia horns. So the humans, um, you you describe them as big babies. Uh, They're very... They're big big babies. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. (laughs) You're a big baby, John. Well, in this instance, yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) Now give me my cheeseburger shake. (laughs) Uh, so the humans were modeled on sea lions due to their blubbery bodies. <laughs> as, That's as, close to a baby. Yeah, as well as babies. Oh, okay. The filmmakers noticed baby fat is a lot tighter than adult fat and copied <laughs> that texture for the film's humans. A New York Post writer once compared the humans to the patrons of Disney's parks and resorts, <laughs> adding, quote, I'm also not sure I've ever seen a major corporation spend so much money to issue an insult to its customers. <laughs> um, as described in a special feature on the film's DVD and Blu-ray releases, the inhabitants of the Axiom were originally going to be aliens led by a royal family with a penchant for mistreating its robots. The design of the Axiom's passengers changed from gelatinous green blobs to more solid gray blobs to the final, quote, big baby concept. <laughs> I'm happy so, they went with the latter. Yes, yeah, me too. Very happy. I, I would not have liked to see large gelatinous green blobs in this movie. And uh, another thing that I'm glad they changed was one of the ideas tossed around for the evolution of humans in the distant future was that they would be all be speaking a new language. Which, <laughs> which you know, it's it's a nifty idea, but it would not have served the movie well. I think. Mm. Um, telling in isolation times that I this isn't that far off. Pixar had it on the head. <laughs> yeah. Give us 700 years of this, and I think maybe humans might. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, along the way, we meet the only... Well, it's like two of the three speaking humans in this. Mm-hmm. We get John played by John Ratzenberg as Wally bumps into him, and, you know, I fall and I can't get up. <laughs> yeah. But he helps him up, and he introduces himself as Wally. And then we get Mary, voiced by Kathy to Jimmy. Kathy to Jimmy. Who is this? That's uh, Mary from Hocus Pocus. Ah. Oh, wow. Yeah, Winnie. Been a while since she's done anything. No, she's actually in a lot. She's just behind the scenes. Uh, it's odd to me that they didn't call her character Kathy, though. But hmm. Yeah, maybe they were going for... Uh... I guess more biblical stuff. That's biblical, right? John, yeah, yeah, I guess. What's his name? It is John, right? Mary John Joseph. Joseph? No, Joe. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, who's on first? 
I need to brush up on my Bible. <laughs> like, like Trump. Um, we are then presented to the captain's quarters where this Hal S steering wheel, simply dubbed Auto as an autopilot, is mm-hmm. uh, ruling over the ship. And the captain, voiced by Jeff... Um, Garland. his last name. Yeah, Garland. Jeff Garland. Yeah, is Captain B. McCree? McCray? I'm surprised that they guess... modeled him after uh, himself, too, here. <laughs> it does kind of look like him, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say McCray, I think. Yeah. And I do like this pan behind them where we see all the captains and how they get progressively fatter. <laughs> yeah. And something, one thing I didn't notice was that the light on Otto gets progressively brighter as well Ooh. between images. Huh. Very Showing open the pod bay doors, Hal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, aboard the Axiom, I did want to mention uh, yes. some some story problems. I mean, you know, this this movie did take over 10 years to really come to fruition. So uh, the director said while the first act of the movie kind of fell out of the sky for him, he, he had originally wanted aliens to plant Eve to explore Earth, and the rest of the film was different. Meaning when Wally comes to the Axiom, he incites a Spartacus-style rebellion by the robots <laughs> against the remnants of the human race, which were cruel alien gels. Again, that like gelatinous, boneless, legless, see-through green creatures that resemble Jello. So, uh, yeah, again, I'm glad we got the plot we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently Eve... Uh, yeah, I, I think she has a lot more agency in the, the real version, the one that they went with. Originally, she was supposed to be electrocuted by Otto and then be quickly saved from ejection at the hands of the Wall-A robots by Wally. Uh, he would have revived her with her power unit using a cigarette lighter that he brought from Earth. Oh, but, yeah, uh, after watch things burn. <laughs> <laughs> after a 2007 test screening, uh, the director, Stanton, uh, reversed course on this, and he wanted to show Eve replacing her directive of bringing the plant to the captain with repairing Wally. But, uh, well, we'll get to that in a little yeah. bit later. A- another good choice in retrospect, I feel. Definitely. And yeah. I'm kind of very curious about how that 2007 test screening went. Because mm. uh, that sounds pretty bad. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, also on this axiom I forgot to mention is that they're all, all these humans are traveling around in these floaty chairs they're obsessed with their screens. They're eating everything out of cups. <laughs> Being a bitch. <laughs> Being a little bitch. <laughs> and I mean, dance. it's not the worst thing in moderation, but I can only imagine after 700 years, you know, this is how the society might progress, as I said. Yeah. And I, I want to know. I mean, I don't know what their life lines, their life times are like. <laughs> You know, have how long are people living nowadays? It can't be past forty. Well, we see seven. We see seven different captains, so I think the life expectancy is basically the same because it's been about seven hundred years. But yeah, I, that, that's, that's true. Well, is is keeping that particular captain alive too? So <laughs> he's on a he's on life support. Yeah, I mean, we also don't see any old people here, so. I think in the end we see a few gray-haired women. I don't know if that's a color choice, but oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I saw it could one be the beauty like, robot, and it was blink. <laughs> it was blink, and you miss it. So I don't. I don't know either. But they do have babies, unless these babies are coming out of tubes. 
That is weird to me, too. I mean, you yeah. don't see these humans interact. They don't seem uh, to be romantic. Where are these babies coming from? There's probably a robot for that. <laughs> they're, they're just... Uh, in, in a, uh, Artificial um, inseminating them? Yeah, well, I was going to say, they're, they're, they're taking fluids from, uh, from certain folk. <laughs> yep. The breeders. Yeah. Gulp. <laughs> There's a dark underbelly. Well, Mark did oh, bring yeah. up the shitbot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well like you you just like kind of like they're always wearing like these kind of like one suit like diaper suits yeah these onesies but like, like i want to know like like if they're really going to the bathroom in those things they must be <laughs> no that's what that, you know? <laughs> don't worry that's what old shit bots for <laughs> it's a living <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> another day another <laughs> bucket of shit <laughs> uh. Uh, the captain uh, Captain Beaver Cree I'm just going to call him captain because I don't remember his name exactly uh, he does show some initiative because Otto let him sleep through the morning announcements but he does seem to take pride in his job even though his job is basically like it's our septuple anniversary make sure you get your <laughs> cupcake in the cup and he gets to push yeah. the baby buttons to change the <laughs> the time of day it's the only thing i get to do around here exactly and i i, I was i was saying i i totally wish we had this in real life because i would do some clock stopper shit to make sure i get that taco bell morning breakfast menu <laughs> it's so good and i'm never awake <laughs> in this universe maybe this was the way you were meant to live matt <laughs> i guess so this is my dream now. I'm going to create by and large. Yeah, I'm just really into like the speak and say motif, like the big buttons that they just push <laughs> with the picture of the thing they do. So <laughs> I think yeah. more things should be designed that way. Like push the plant button, you get plant. Push, <laughs> push the cigarette button, you get a cigarette. <laughs> Pull the lever button. <laughs> Wrong lever! <laughs> Why do we even have that lever? <laughs> Uh, cupcake in a cup, all right. Uh, Fred Willard. Uh, Fred Willard is shown. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. I forgot what he. It's like plants. I, I forget what Fred Willard was talking about. Uh, the, next note. Yeah, at the beginning, uh, he was talking about uh, they found the plants and so now they could return home. Okay. And he has to bring the, the plant to the hollow deck or something. Mm. And. Yeah, after that, Otto is kind of like, return home, and he's he doesn't know what to think about it. You know, he's kind of scared, um, but then he starts doing some research. <laughs> Computer, tell me about <laughs> prophylactics. <laughs> and there, <laughs> there, there is some backstory here, because, uh, yeah, the Fred Willard was saying how the, how the planet was no longer hospitable, so their five-year cruise had to... You know, be extended a little bit longer. Ended up being seven hundred years. It was supposed they, to be a three-hour tour, <laughs> <laughs> but they promised to return them once uh, they they once Operation Cleanup had succeeded, I guess, and they they got rid of all the trash and life was still still sustainable. Mm-hmm. And uh, Otto suggests that there's nothing to worry about. He sends his little lackey bot. Uh, to get rid of this plant and eve is going for a checkup with the other uh defective robots even though she's clearly not defective and wally follows eve 
we meet these other uh, robots and we hear the voice of Sigourney Weaver <laughs> just for a brief moment or two. I like these de- defective bots because they've all got nervous jitters, which is something that I can highly relate to. <laughs> like, this is the nut house. Yeah, they're all just slowly shaking. Some of them are just, they want their rage out. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very I, real. I like how they're all used differently, but still, they're used pretty well. Mm. Especially later on, too, when we see them again. Yep, and Mo is still pursuing. He's still going out through sh- this ship, trying to clean up Wally's messes. Uh, even Wally reunites after uh, Wally greets her. He accidentally shoots her arm, which was off in the process, through the door at like the control system for this psych ward for robots. Mm-hmm. And you know she gives him the old uh, Wally, why? <laughs> <laughs> Wally's being cute about it. So, and the then the revolution can begin. <laughs> Viva! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Six Sempa Robotica! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Eve is pissed, but she decides to um, send Wally to an escape pod back to Earth. He very cutely sits in the escape pod, clicking his little rotors together. (laughs) (laughs) Like like she's going to join him. Yeah, he's waiting for her. He's like, oh, come on, you could sit. Sit next to me. Yeah, but Eve is on and on about this directive. And before she can... You know, push him in the escape pod and send him on the way. Fortune should have it that one security robot brings the one plant into this one escape pod. <laughs> yeah. And then launches it on a self-destruct sequence <laughs> into space. <laughs> um, they even give personality to this little security bot. Like, he's got the, the wide shoulders, but he has, like, this Napoleon complex. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just a, he's a blinking red dot. <laughs> this is a gopher. Gopher. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I uh, like the design definitely does speak to their their personalities. Yep. And Wally gets on this and the escape pod shoots out. Eve pursues and Sigourney Weaver tells us the old mother line, 10 seconds to self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Wally picks up a fire extinguisher from earlier in the film. We see he had an antic with that. And just when the escape pod explodes, him and the plant jizz out into the the cosmos Mm -hmm. they jizz far they jizz wide (laughs) they jizz eternally (laughs) and they both do a dance as the captain learns about dancing in the in the background of the scene and mary and john are like oh look out the window whoa this is real (laughs) life there are so many stars in space Hey, I uh, I know that guy. That's uh, what's his name? W- Wally. Oh yeah. No, Hi. it's Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, so I... for, for this scene, yeah. uh, the script originally specified using Ben Crosby's Stardust uh, for mm. when the two robots are dancing around the ship, but uh, again, Newman asked if he could score the scene himself, and uh, I, I like what we get. It's it's mm. kind of memorable. It's it's, it's sweet. Yeah. Um, I, some questions I have to ask about these people. These 700-year-old big baby people. Did they, <laughs> do they not know how to read? <sighs> I think everything is really simplified for them. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like, it, it's if it, reading is a, a necessity for them. Just uh, yeah. because we even see them where it's like, well, Wally's like messing with their like their view screens and like 
you know, one of the women uh, that he uh, interacts with and like hers gets like screwed up and it's like, I didn't know we had a pool. Like, yeah. Well, that's Mary, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I just, I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so after this aerial ballet, Wally and Eve share this shock kiss, which, se- which sends Wally into a stupor. Yeah. It's very romantic. Um, um, the captain is learning about how plants, when grown, can grow into pizza trees. So, yes. all factual information. <laughs> Must have gotten it from Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mary and John are then in the the Lido deck in the pool playing together, and I said they're gonna, they're going to drown. <laughs> they're just going to drown. <laughs> Even though their fat would probably let them float, but yeah, they are flotation devices. Yeah. At least an, an equivalent of one. Yep. And we and we get our first example of uh, humans being dicks. Uh, one of the robots is telling John and well, John and Mary that you know it's curfew time. Oh, yeah. You got to get out of the pool. And then John's just like, "Hey, fuck you!" and splashes them <laughs> with water and short circuits them. You know, you open the pool, then you open the beaches, and we're right back to square one. <laughs> Disaster. I swear, I swear, people can't follow these simple instructions. How do these people survive the coronavirus? <laughs> They're fat protected them. Uh, Eve wants to deliver this plant to the captain once for all, and she suggests that Wally stay behind and cover himself three towels on the head to blend into the scenario while she goes up this this garbage chute to the captain. And when she gets there, Otto is immediately against this, but the uh, the, the plant inspires the captain to actually do his job, even though it's going to be a little bit complicated. And he checks through Eve's footage and sees that uh, the Earth isn't as hospitable as it was thought to be and mm-hmm. that this is going to be a lot of work. And then Eve at the same point is seeing what Wally did when she was in hibernation mode, took care of her and and the Hello Dolly messages play and she realizes, oh, hand-holding is kind of his thing. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I judge too soon. <laughs> And um, uh, Otto and Gopher come in and they form a mutiny against the captain and throw this plant down the chute when Wally's coming up the chute and he saves the plant, but then Otto just tases him (laughs) and flings him down the chute and freezes Eve and throws her down the chute as well. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, All hope seems to be lost, says Captain Cries Mutiny. Uh, the, the the best joke in the movie. So they wake up, they're surrounded by these mice and they're actual mice. That, that, <laughs> mm, chef's yeah. kiss. That, that's some good writing right there. I like, like that joke. They're like little, uh, yeah, little little mice, computer mice, m- mouse bots. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what their purpose might be, but, but they're there. Yeah, like, I don't know why they exist, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, instead of the Wallies, we get the Wall A's. <laughs> oh, and these are some big motherfuckers. Yeah, these are some big boys. <laughs> <laughs> I do like uh, their design. They're, they're instead that, of making this, <laughs> that, that's the robot your your girlfriend warned you about. <laughs> <laughs> these Wall A's. <laughs> uh, they're making big cubes and they're shoving them into space. <laughs> And Eve and Wally are part of this cube. Wally is fucking dying. <laughs> He's not doing so well, Mr. Stark. Yeah. <laughs> he spends a lot of time down and out in this, in the yeah. third act. 
Which isn't bad, because what is he going to do, right? Like, he's not going to develop a superpower at this point. He's, <laughs> he's only human for a robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Eve, how does she get out of this? I don't, I don't remember. Oh, no, Mo, Mo shows up. Yeah. And just when they're about to send their block into space, Mo clogs the door. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally. With his, yeah, with his small frame. And then Eve gets out her fucking gun and just blasts <laughs> Really, more could be solved through Eve's gun. <laughs> Just That's shoot true. Otto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe the uh, she did. She did have like a little constraining device oh, yeah, on yeah. her chest that maybe was preventing her from doing that. Maybe yeah. I don't. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, while this is going on, they inspire another revolution and eve realizes that she needs to on like wally's wally's on his last legs she needs to get the plant back to the captain in order to get back to earth to get parts for wally because she can't find any working parts and his uh his little circuit board is fried yeah it's sad it is it is sad (laughs) it's like oh he's actually dying (laughs) <laughs> and these wall A's are <laughs> the blood is on our <laughs> what have we done <laughs> we killed one of our own <laughs> but they give a little peace wave <laughs> to Eve as she goes off, the, off on her way yeah. they're like um, we good yeah. and then they inspire a revolution as all these uh, faulty robots charge down these uh, this uh, highway for robots given their own talents. I like how this re- umbrella can reflect lasers for some reason. Yeah, I, I like how they're all using their their uh, their quirks uh, to their advantage here. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's, it's a nice uh, sequence. Yeah. Um, and this one robot goes ham and just beats up all these, uh, these cop robots, which mm-hmm. is topical yeah. for the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like him. No uh, justice, no peace. Move or be moved. Yes. Uh, so they go back up to the captain. No, well, the 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 captain sends a message out to Eve and Wally to head to the Lido deck and put this plant in. So I don't know why it's on the Lido deck, but sure, why not? I guess they had a plan. And all the captain has to do is push this one button on the control panel. But in order to do that, he tricks Otto with a, a video of Wally holding the plants. And you would think that this uh, this artificial intelligence would be a bit smarter, be able to pick mm. up on this. Yeah, I don't know. My, my mom still gets confused about things she sees online on Facebook. <laughs> so, I don't blame her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I also like. Uh, well, Matt, I, uh, you mentioned where this like the voice of Otto is like some kind of Mac program, and like yeah. Like, it's, uh... like, it's uh, the program Mac and Talk. Yeah. And it was, oh, actually, yeah, I have a quote. It was used because the director wanted Otto to be the epitome of a robot, cold, zeros and ones, calculating and soulless. And Stephen Hawking's voice, uh, or Stephen Hawking's kind of voice, I thought was perfect. So, <laughs> I don't, that, seemed, that feels like a diss to Stephen Hawking's to me. <laughs> it does, oh, but. I don't think so because even Stephen Hawking, like he's even joked about where it's like if he if he were to be in a Bond movie, like he would want to be the villain, uh. you know. Like he, he up until like his death, he's 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 taken like his like you know condition and stride, you know. Like he's joked about it at like different points. So yeah. I 
I think you have to when you're like when you're confined like that. But uh, I I like uh, one point here when he um he's tricked to thinking like oh they have like you know the, the plans or it's like oh he goes like oh no yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> um and uh, did we learn about the um like how President Shelby was like oh no it's no good that that happened way earlier right I forgot to mention that it's like. like the- it- yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you go. You go. I've talked too no, much. I don't know. He, he was like saying, "Yeah, yeah, we screwed up. Uh, <laughs> like, just uh, just stay in space. Uh, oh, oh, it's prepped. All right, let's get the heck out of here." <laughs> President Trump came out and went, "I went to the bunker. It was a very good bunker, just for some spring cleaning. I came right back up. <laughs> it was all good. It's gonna be fine. Get on the Axiom. You'll be okay." <laughs> uh, but yeah, and. Uh, um, Captain isn't having this. He uh, he manages to just use his weight to <laughs> slow down. Auto literally pushes the button that I, I activates every citizen on the ship's emergency air supply. <laughs> yeah, there's one button that does all of that. Just <laughs> gets him out to the Lido deck for no reason to watch this one plant go. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem like the planning was there for me. Were the were these humans always living in the chairs? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. They were. In I the know chair. Grandma was. <laughs> it definitely progressed to that point. Yeah, from birth to death, <laughs> from sperm to worm. <laughs> your crib is also your deathbed. <laughs> um, but they're all. I was born to- in this crib. I'm gonna I'm die in this crib. <laughs> They're all prepared for relocation back to Earth. Uh, Otto tries to stop this by turning the ship on its side. We see Mary and John in the line I don't think was necessary with like, John, get ready to have some kids. And, uh, I think it's cute. But they saved these babies that would have been safe either way. <laughs> yeah. Ex- except for the careening metal that <laughs> was bound to crush them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, we lost a few. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the ship is on the side and another 2001 Space Odyssey. Hope seems to be lost as uh, Wally is uh, trying to hold up this plant incubator thing and his little body is getting crushed and Otto is pushing the button harder and harder. It's very <laughs> sad, very stressful. I do not like how much Wally is in pain in this scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, we get a 2001 Space Odyssey reference where Captain stands and waddles over. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Yep. And all the, the citizens of the ship are watching this happen through the video feed. It's and they like, instantly uh, know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah! Hit that robot's ass! <laughs> I, I think uh, the captain does mention earlier, like, uh, Otto has taken control. Uh, he says something. He gets out some sort of yeah. message to the people. But you yeah. think, like, these dumb big babies would be able to understand that that quick? I I don't That's know. And what, what movie is this? <laughs> They'd be like, where's my cupcake? <laughs> they want like a like it's a pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> it's Pacquiao all over again. <laughs> where's my pepperoni Slurpee? <laughs> um, in a joke that I don't think was really a joke, he sets it back to to Manuel, and you know he would call them Manuel before with the the other Manuel. So yeah. I think that was meant to be a joke. It's like Otto, now you're Manuel. 
Uh, no, he says, uh, I'm relieving you of your duty. Yeah, I know, but I think that could have been another another oh, joke line or something like, Otto, your name's Manuel. <laughs> uh, it could have been like an it. Uh, what is what does Richie say in the first it? Oh, my, my gazebos. It could have been like that. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, nice, uh, <laughs> a nice uh, wordplay going on there. But Wally's fucking dead. <laughs> Speaking of Wally fucking dying, <laughs> R.I.P. Mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, the microwave yeah. got him in the end, boys. <laughs> we lost another one. His goose has been cooked. Uh, I guess we'll have to segue his pizza ratings. <laughs> we'll have to play the game. What would have Mark given this movie? <laughs> oh, no. Before he signed off, he did give me his pizza rating. Oh, thank God. It's safe with you. It's in the envelope seal. Yes, it's in <laughs> the right. vault. Oh, thank God. Okay. Um, so Wally fucking dies. And well, well, they the humans have passed along this daisy chain of the plant with working with the robots mm-hmm. in order to get the navigation system working and on a course set to Earth. And then they all rejoice happily. They transition into hyperspeed or light speed or balls to the wall speed, hyper jump. <laughs> yeah, Tesla <And> ludicrous mode. <laughs> ludicrous speed. <laughs> Stand <And> up. <laughs> and. They're instantly at Earth in seven, ten seconds or less. Then they land. Eve blasts out of the ship, carrying Wally, pursued by her robot friends, off to Wally's little pad. She um, builds him back up as the humans watch in the distance, and they're like, oh, I hope that little robot's going to make it through this. Yeah. And she gets all the parts together that Wally has stored. And he comes back on only to, you know, not have the memories, not to be the same Wally that he once was. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. She shows him his treasures, which he grinds up, tries to show him the Hello Dolly VHS to snap him out of it. And that doesn't seem to work. Yeah, no, it's very, it, it is. It, it's emotional when you, you see Eve going through so much effort to try to make him recollect and, you know, be the same person he was before. And he's just static you know not having any of it yeah he's a robot (laughs) (laughs) indeed yeah and uh only through the power of uh due machina or love (laughs) depending on how you look at it it goes in yeah for a little a little head bump and and then a spark flies and wally comes back on slowly after holding onto her hand yes yep and then mo shoves off the other robots (laughs) that are (laughs) They're watching them make sweet robot love. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, oh, this is what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> we got to get on that. <laughs> New <Speak>. directive. <laughs> oh, damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> um, but then the movie ends with uh, these humans waddling out, letting the babies spill their big gulps all over this <laughs> one plant. They're going to kill that plant. Yeah, and uh, we do get a credit sequence, which explain why we have this credit sequence, Matthew. Yes, I do. I have it in my notes right here. Let's see. Um, I'm going to get rid of this note. Don't need that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the director, Andrew Stanton, he noted that uh, many commentators... uh, Oh, this is the wrong note, but I'll, I'll continue. He noted that many commentators placed emphasis on the environmental aspect of humanity's complacency in the film because, quote, that disconnection is going to be the cause indirectly of anything that happens in life that's bad for humanity or the planet. 
Stanton said that by taking away effort to work, the robots also take away humanity's need to put effort into relationships. Uh, but additionally, the, the relevant note, Stanton felt that the audience, or half of the audience at the test screening, believed the humans would be unable to cope with living on Earth and would have died out after the film's end. So they created an end credits animation that continued the story and stylized, uh, and is additionally stylized in different artistic movements throughout history, uh, including, I don't know, hieroglyphics, uh, impressionism, uh, some, you got some Van Gogh, you got some Claude Monet. Yeah, you got some, you got some uh, tiles going on, some mosaics, Mm -hmm. everything's going on. You got an Asian style of uh, drawing. Yes, and this is all supposed to clarify an optimistic tone. Yeah, which it does. It does a good job. It's the one time in a movie that I think the credits are mandatory. Yeah, I think the credits are they're they're very they're very well used. It's almost like getting a sequel. You know, it's definitely a continuation of the story, uh, and it it does. I don't know. I watching the movie even before getting to the credits, I felt it was going to be optimistic. Especially because you see after they they plant that one plant, um, the camera pans out and zooms out and you you see a whole bunch of other plants that have now been planted. Mm. So for me, it was optimistic enough, but this uh, end credit sequence is just like an extra cherry on top. Mm. I I do want to mention that the song featured in this uh, end credit sequence is Down to Earth by Peter Gabriel. And it's meant to reflect how the earth in the film changes. At the beginning of the song, the music is very electronic sounding and only Gabriel is singing. As the song progresses, however, the music becomes more natural sounding with additional voices and almost all acoustic instrumentations. Uh, At the beginning of the film, the earth has little to no life on it and Wally is the only real character. But over the course of the film, more characters are introduced and the earth eventually becomes more natural. Yep. And then Randy Newman jumps in and he's like, you got a friend. (laughs) Really, the voice of an angel. Indeed. (laughs) Not much. I'm not a fan of his lyric writing, but. (laughs) No, I like it quite a bit. I mean, I've only heard Uh, two songs, maybe. I don't know. But what do I know? I just listened to Chromatica on repeat. (laughs) That song he has about Putin is is really good stuff. Some good lyrics. I didn't hear that. I'll, I'll post it. Okay, good to hear. But well, yeah, yeah I, I agree. the The credits are worthwhile, and the, the movie's good. The movie's good. That is, that was uh, Wally. 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 Indeed. Can we expect a baby Wally in the future? Uh, no, no plans for a sequel. Know <laughs> with this Disneyfication of Pixar, again, yeah. was left and right. Well, you were saying Mo got his own spinoff. <laughs> oh, no, that was a Burn E. Oh, Burn Burn E. Yes, the welding robot. Uh, I, I kicked did. out of this election only to get a Disney spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't check that one out. I didn't, I didn't watch that short, but I believe it's mm. on Disney Plus. Oh. And uh, yeah, maybe eventually someday. All right, I think it's time for our. Uh, pizza's done. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first because I want to influence uh, future ratings. Ooh. This will be. I think it's. Uh, I I think it's fantastic. I love the visuals. I love the sound. I love. Uh, I, I I don't. Mega love the characters. 
Um, so there's some characterization that could maybe use a little bit of work. Um, to me, Eve always kind of sounds kind of shrill and uh, like she's like she's dis- Palmer. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Like, like, like she's disappointed in Wally. Um, oh, that Eve! She's such a nag. <laughs> a little too much. Um, and and Wally, you know, he's he's dumb sometimes. <laughs> He is kind of lovable, and he does, uh, you know, eventually have a big role in uh, play a big part in saving the day. Mm. Um, but I think even when Wally's like really, when Eve is really content with Wally, she's still kind of they still use that like disappointed affectation. So I don't know; it, it feels a little off to me. And um, but I mean, you know, apart from that, this is just such a, a solid film. Uh, it really doesn't adhere to the Pixar formula. I, I think it is a very original voice when it comes to Pixar and to animation in general. Um, you know, the the quiet moments are striking. The score is great. And uh, I, I kind of view it a little bit. Um, I, I kind of view Wally as as a kind of an animated robotic Amelie. Because oh, kind of but he but he fits on the blu-ray <laughs> he does indeed fit on the blue <laughs> you can find him on the blu-ray we, we found him <laughs> he uh because he goes around to you know vast stretches of the galaxy and you know kind of by accident everybody that he runs into starts to uh, appreciate life a bit more and you know maybe find romantic partners or they just get a new a new uh, zest for la vie so la I, vie en rose Indeed. And so I, I got some, some Amelie vibes, which go a long way for me. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I think the animation, the, the design is is wonderful. It's it's phenomenal, really. And, um, uh, yeah, it I, I really do appreciate that it it's not formulaic. Like, the, the plot is pretty straightforward. There are no real plot twists that happen. There's there's like a minor one with Otto eventually taking control, but it, it doesn't really come out of nowhere. Like, it makes sense. Um, you know, some Pixar movies, some Disney movies have plot twists where they're a little... They're either a little kind of on the nose or a little too out there. And uh, this one was just refreshing to me. Mm. Um, it doesn't involve like you know somebody revealing or concealing their identity, or um, I mean, argument could be made for Otto, but I, I do think it works really well, and um, and yeah, I it's it's a clever movie and it's a it's a grand movie uh, to mm. me. It 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 kind of kind of means a lot, I guess, and I, I really mm. like the the chords that they strike when it comes to the message so uh for that reason i'm gonna you know i'm gonna give it an eight out of eight pizza slices oh my is this your first whole number (laughs) no no i believe my second whole pie score oh my god those are rare that's the that's the highest kudos I know, but like I said, this is uh, this is my favorite Pixar movie. You know, it's not perfect, but it is uh, just really good, very enjoyable. And I, neither I is a pizza; they're never perfect like either. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Little Caesars comes close. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> I'd give little, I'd give yeah. little Caesar a two out of two oh, out of eight. How pizzas. dare you! 
Yeah, yeah, I said it. Do you even, you don't even know what he's Hey, I might have <laughs> ate two of those whole pies myself. It was not the best. <laughs> did did regret. <laughs> did regret. Yeah. He's just got low standards. Yeah, yeah. All right, and uh, I guess I'll follow mine up with Mark's pizza score. And All right. uh, nation. He told me to to say this on the podcast. These are all his thoughts about the movie. Seven out of eight. Ooh. That's it. Wow. Well, jumping always I'm at a I'm at a loss for words whenever my buddy Mark <laughs> gives such high praise to a movie. He said it was very good. Okay. <laughs> um interesting enough, I also rate this movie seven out of eight pizza slices. Nice. Um, I think that it is for a Pixar film. Um, it's not my favorite, uh, but like Disney films, I go back and forth as I age. And um, this watching, I haven't seen this in a, a long while. Um, I really liked how witty it was. I love the storytelling, but I've always loved the storytelling, how it's quiet for the majority of the film. There aren't too many characters going on, mm-hmm. um, but they're effective. And the emotions of these robotic characters, you know, they're more human than a lot of human <laughs> actors tend to be. So oh, yeah. I give them a lot of kudos for that. I loved the music, the scoring for this. It's simplicity. It's simplicity done right. It doesn't drag. It's a clean hour 39, but it feels shorter than that, which is good. It, the pacing's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I myself had to hold back some tears. I forgot to mention, but yeah. When <laughs> oh, I, I, don't think I, I don't think I got that emotional, but maybe uh, the first I time I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever cried during a movie before, so. <laughs> Except when King Kong got shot. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the stupid remake of King Kong. Uh, Peter Why? Jackson's. Yeah, I think I cry because that movie's like four hours long. It's, like it's finally over. Yeah, I get to go home. <laughs> Thank God. See my family again. Yeah, but I, I get the... I am emotionally invested in these in these two robots being Wally and Eve and, and the others. Mm. They're endearing. They're cute. So seven out of eight pizza slices. Awesome. Very okay. nice. Um, anywhere that our audience can find you on social media, Matt. Uh, well, you can find me. I'm a. Uh, I, I, I am social. Um, you could find me beating Ben Schwartz at Tetris ninety nine. You did? Hey, hey. <laughs> let me see. I, I got a. Uh, what What do I got? I got. I got a <laughs> screenshot to share. Hold on, is this loading? I'll have Let's to post this through. on the gram. <laughs> oh god i hope so oh lord okay there we go oh, there we go look at that oh my god so so for charity ben schwartz sonic yeah. himself he uh he started some uh some team no not team like yeah. a password match in tetris 99 so that everybody mm-hmm. could compete and uh you're supposed to donate the amount uh that corresponds to the place that you got in okay so that's him in number 13 and that's me at number 11. You just got eked him. him out. You just eked him out. I might be over like almost 100 levels higher than he is, but yeah, we got him. Yeah. It feels good. You're caught up. Yeah. yeah. So right that's what you can you. find me. Wow. I'll share this on the gram. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you can find... Mark, you know, oh, yeah. you know Mark's... Uh, I do. Phone. I do. I have it, I have it ready. You can find our friend Mark Zebro Jr. at MZebro Jr. at Instagram and Men Who Wears Hats on Twitter. But you will not find him near microwaves. 
Nope, not in the near future. <laughs> and you can find me, Jonathan Gwakowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drink and Read JK on Twitter, where you can follow my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, currently wrapping up our Utsuna Anime Watch with a few more episodes and continuing our Mobile G Gundam series. Uh, you can also follow this humble little podcast, Nightcaps at the Theater, on most podcasting platforms and wherever, you know podcasting friends are please rate review and subscribe we love and appreciate you all 175 in japan <laughs> hashtag hashtag 175 let's get it to 174 baby oh yeah <laughs> the same score you need to pass your l stats <laughs> I, I hope they like uh wally over there yeah um so my film i'm gonna leave you with a hint i gave you one in the chat not I really for- here i forgot it already good um we're going to deal with isolation once more, but it's okay. not going to be anything like the Disney Pixar romp we just had. Oh, boy. I think it's time to make our isolation a little bit kinky. Ooh. Yeah, that, that's going to be our, our hint for the evening. So, adieu. <laughs> Put on your Sunday clothes. <laughs> bon voyage. Goodbye, Dolly. <laughs> Dolly. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another installment of Nightcaps at the Theater. Special thanks to the Free Music Archive for providing the track Four Way by William Ross Chernoff's Nomads, an edited version of which you're hearing now. We at Nightcap sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode. If that's the case, or even if it's not, please remember to rate our show on iTunes and leave a review. It really means a lot. Good night, and binge responsibly.